Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I'm actually really excited about this episode. You are witnessing a first. We are having a group episode. I have a bunch of powerhouse business owner, entrepreneurial women here with me. Each of them are going to introduce themselves, and we're just going to talk about mindset and business. And um, yeah, so why don't we why don't we jump right in, Lori? Give us a little intro. Who are you, and what do you bring? Well, first of all, hi everybody. Some of you guys, we've only tweeted and Instagram posts, so it's so great to be live with you. My name is Lori Sika. I am in New Jersey. Uh, my primary role is working with adults with disabilities, but I've been writing for the last 12, 13 years in many capacities, uh, journal, journalism, uh, edited some uh, books. I've also done some memoirs, content writing, website. Love it all. Uh, the intersection right now, which is really awesome, is I'm writing curriculum for the nonprofit for adults with disabilities. So I have the privilege of having my two passions intersect, and I really am enjoying it. Uh, mindset is really important. If I've learned one thing over these last two decades, is the only thing I can control is my mind. Mm. Um, and the many parts that go along with that, both as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, as a sister, as a daughter. So it really weaves everything together, uh, mindset. Um, my adult children now are working on mindset, which I think is really awesome. Uh, and I have heard from all of you in many different ways, and I know majority are on the same page. So I'm really thrilled to be here. And um, thank you. Awesome. I'm so excited for you to be here. And I love already that first gem. It's so true, right? There's so much going on, especially as an entrepreneur. And if we can keep like, there's what's the quote, um, despite the chaos around you, keep peace, you know, within yourself, within your mind. And I feel like that's for me, that's totally it. It's like, no matter what's going on, I know I can, I can keep peace here and stay centered. So um, I love that. Welcome, Melanie, tell us, give us a little bit about you. All right. My, my mini gem. Uh, so Melanie Benson, I'm host of a show called Amplifier Success. It's in its fifth year now, I think. Wow. I've actually been podcasting for 10 years. I work with experts and specialty service providers to show them how to stop being a best kept secret. Mm. My secret sauce is leveraging other people's audiences, podcasts, virtual stages, in-person stages to attract uh, another six figures in business each year. And I, I have been teach. I've been in business 22 years this year. And one of the things that I have found, because there has been many storms, such a roller coaster ride, big highs, really deep lows, is 
the mindset work I learned in 2002 and 2003 has been the toolbox I always go back to, to rise into that next version of me that needs to be that 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 way in order to conquer the next stage of my evolution and growth. And I always say entrepreneurship is the most is one of the top three painful <laughs> personal <laughs> growth programs you will ever go through. You will learn so much about yourself, uh, marriage, children, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's that's where the mindset really comes in. So I'm excited for today's conversation. And Jessica, I didn't know if you're going to share a little bit about how we all came together originally through Twitter. Yeah. Why don't you share? And the launch and, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't my idea, but uh, uh, launch and founders, you know, a lot of people say Twitter is dead. Mm-hmm. And we are living proof that Twitter is thriving, yes. that Twitter is a hot platform. So in fact, I uh, have been sharing a lot more about this with different podcasts I'm on. And I shared one with my community. And one of the ladies said, so like, I only meet like really like um, masculine like driven men who are super over the top. I'm like, oh my God, come be with us and launch and founders. Like there's such a powerful group of women who are so loving, so kind, so supportive. So I have your back. So Twitter is where we met. And I'm super grateful for each of you and the connections that have spun off from that. It's been really magical. Yeah, agreed. And Melanie, you and I go, did we initially meet on Twitter forever? We did. You actually pitched me to be on my podcast. You're one of three pitches I received on social media that I accepted. (laughs) Yeah, it was really like you were very generous and I loved your stuff. But and then we met in person at a Mm -hmm. podcasting event. I had invited Jessica because I knew she was in that field. So Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that was a nice spark for you to start your own. Yes. Yeah. I started mine. That was in what, February of 2020, right before. Oh, was it the, is it, was it that one? Yeah. So that was March. That was the weekend we shut down was the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that the following April. So a month later I started the podcast with, I had zero, I zero thoughts about starting a podcast. When I went to that podcast conference, (laughs) I really went, like you said, to be on other people's podcasts and network. And it just like hit me one day. And now here we are two years later. So love it. Love that. All right, Maiko. Am I saying your name right? Perfectly. Yes. Tell us. Speak to us. Hey, everyone. Nice to meet you guys. My name is Maiko Sakai, and I'm based in New York. And I call myself a niche specialist to creative entrepreneurs. Um, What does it mean? It basically means, you know, Creative entrepreneurs, whether, you know, you do video production or you write, you know, you guys are all multifaceted, you know, multidisciplinary beings. And I totally get that. And you have many ideas, right? And I'm here to provide more clarity and the focus on one thing that would generate more profit, more revenue. And that's that's my mission, basically, because I understand, you know, um, what goes through in creative entrepreneurs' minds. And I'm going to talk a little bit about where, you know, I've been and how I got here real quick so that, you know, um, I can attest to it, that I understand what you guys are going through. So I'm here for that. Um, I have three phases. Uh, the first phase was just being born, right? I was born and raised in Japan. Uh, this, uh, I was born in Tokyo, but I moved to Yokohama. It's, you know, uh, 
in New York terms, it's almost like a born in Manhattan, but moved to Westchester kind of deal. <laughs> anyway, um, then I came here to the U.S. as an exchange student. And that's the second phase. You know, I liked it so much that I came back for, you know, college. Then, you know, my passion was music. So my second phase was all about working for record labels. So I've been through a few of different ones, you know, worked with Gloria Gaynor, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And uh, Britney and NSYNC and those people mm -hmm. are paying my bills wow. at that time. <laughs> now, <laughs> but then um, a lot happened in the industry. You went through all sorts of things like iPod. And I'm not talking about iPad. I'm talking mm -hmm. about iPod. You know, the whole business shifted. So I had to really search for next something, even though I love the music so, so, so much. So I turned myself into a business manager to a um, high net worth um, entertainment clients, filmmakers, models, you know, um, those people. Um, I didn't like the work at all because I was only allowed to talk about finances, which was fine, but I, I always wanted to talk to my clients, you know, more about other things, you know, what are the new projects that, are, you know, are you working on and why are you working on those things? And uh, I got slapped on my wrist a couple of times to go in over, you know, out of outside of a scope. And I realized, you know what, I have better idea. I wanted to start my own thing. So I left that part. That's the third phase where, you know, now I am a consultant to, to those uh, creative entrepreneurs. And I'm really happy to be here. And it's so funny that um, the mindset is definitely everything. Mm -hmm. If anything, 80% of the game is mindset or maybe even more, you know, mm -hmm. depending on who you ask, right? Um, yeah. But uh, usually it's like 80-20, you know, maybe 90-10. So it is so important to talk about it, but creatives, you know, they have so many ideas and they don't want to talk about the feelings and, you know, all those things. So I'm hoping that our conversation today is going to change your mind. Love that. And what a cool experience. I had no idea that you worked in the music industry. I'm sure that gave you a really interesting perspective in business. That uh, so many crazy stories that you're not going to believe. But anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Allison, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, everybody. I'm Allison Taylor. I'm currently based in Medellin, Colombia. Um, I am currently traveling the world, tracing about. Um, so this mindset conversation is incredibly exciting. I am the founder of a business design and strategy studio called Augur, um, where I work with creative freelancers, consultants, early stage and scaling startups to create unique products, services, and systems that scale. So I have a real focus on for-profit social enterprise with a triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. You can't have the third one without the first two, and you need the third one to constantly be reinvesting in your people, reinvesting in the planet, reinvesting in your community. So I, uh, I wound up here from a slightly different path. I worked in music for a while, like Maiko. I have an art degree, and I worked in built environment design and design and construction, and particularly hospitality design. Uh, and like so many people, I wound up in an adversarial, toxic, abusive workplace. Mm -hmm. um, I had a really negative experience. I wound up taking a leave of absence going. I actually wound up suing my former employer for, for what happened to me there. And the great state of California was like, you can never do that ever again. Can't go back. 
can't go back. So I had to do something different. And I knew that everything that I was concerned about in these businesses, whether it was creating better systems for ourselves, better processes for my my, uh, colleagues, whether it was making sure that we were having great experience for our guests um, and what we were doing and how we were creating new spaces and environments for them, all that stuff that I was doing for these big corporations, if I was concerned about it and I wanted them to be better, then I should start at the beginning. And that's how I made my leap to doing this consulting work and starting my own business as a business designer. So really it's about making things better from the ground up. All of this stuff is foundational. So if you have good ecosystems, you have good process, you care about culture, you care about your people and reducing harm, reducing bias and the product services and systems that you're putting out. And you start that at the beginning, as you continue to grow and scale, things typically wind up being a lot better for folks. So That's where I do my work and where I've come from. And for me, I've been in business for myself just about three years. And so it's been really, really nice and exciting. And I knew that if I wanted to help people do business better, I had to go through those motions myself and figure out how to start my own. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. I love what a range of experiences and women we have here. So this is going to be really fun to dive in. My first question is based on something that Melanie said. So Melanie said, the work that I did in like 2002, 2003, like I continually come back to that. And that reminds me of the the idea that we often say like this work is never done, right? Like the personal growth journey, the inner work, we're going to be doing it forever. That's not a bad thing. And it also means that you're not necessarily, it doesn't have to mean that you're always learning something new or you have to like be learning all these new things, right? Like at the foundation are some things that we come back to again and again. And so I want to know from you ladies, what's like in that foundational toolbox for you? Just give me one thing. So let's start with you, Melanie. What's one thing you always come back to? All right. Well, the short version of this story (laughs) is I use um, integration of neuro-linguistic programming and what I might call high consciousness tools. And I'm not using the word spirituality. I'm using consciousness as a word mm-hmm. intentionally because uh, they can be intertwined. And what I have found is uh, I, I've been in like spiritual development, personal development my entire life. Like I grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't stick until my 20s until I was very depressed and suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I needed something to shift my reality and pull me out of this spiral I was in. And what I found is, is that the the tools in high consciousness got me to a certain place and then I would stop. And NLP, neuro-linguistic programming is the toolbox that I integrate with the, you know, kind of the, and this is a whole class in itself, so I won't go deep Mm -hmm. into it, but learning to choose my thoughts, Mm -hmm. recalibrate my story. So my story supports an outcome I want instead of the outcome I'm experiencing. And then this is the real shift is to, to create an experience right now of the vibration I want to be living in. Mm. So the mindset doesn't always stick if we don't change the energetic way of being that we're in. And so bringing those two worlds together has been what's profoundly changed me. And I have been going through some very difficult times these last two years. And this is what I always come back to. Mm. 
is like, how can I shift my energy right now? So I can share more if you want, but I'll, I'll uh, pause there and let you take it where you want to go. Yeah. I love that. So I just want to clarify when you're saying like, you want to shift your energy to be in the energy of where you want to go. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't like what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm going to do something that I do like that's going to put me into a higher vibration. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Usually there's three go-tos. Um, I change the physical place I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I go somewhere I feel happier or I feel more joy. So for me, I live 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the beach. So I'll get in my car and go walk the beach or go to my favorite little coffee shop down there. Uh, it could be changing the conversation with the person I'm with. So I may go and call a friend or call my coach or you know whatever, something like that. Uh, and then the third thing is uh, I have to change my own thoughts. I have to change the story I'm making up in my head. So there's other things I do as well, but that is actually the most profound. But sometimes the thing we cannot do for ourselves because we're very wrapped up in the dynamic of the moment. Right. And those other two things can help create a different like um, weigh in, right? Exercise helps a lot of things like that. So that's yeah. the short version of the answer to that. I love that. Absolutely. Change your state in some, in some way and ease yourself into it. It's like, I feel like it's like working out. You never want to do it, but once you do it, you're happy. So you have like these other like little tools to shift you out of that. Like, I'm not happy. And then you're like, I just had a fo- call with my friend. I'm feeling like much happier now. And now I'm going to focus on the story. I, can I just add one more thing to that? Cause yeah. it's not any friend because mm. we all have those friends who will love going deep down into the dark pit with us. Right. <laughs> it's strategically calling the people who I know do the mindset work and can see mm. what's possible and help me recalibrate my thinking to access that state I want to move towards. So I have like my inner circle of high vibration goddesses, you know, whatever you want to call them. But these are the people that I know live and breathe this. And that's those I'm very intentional in, in who I choose to work through something with. Yeah. I love that. Who else here has like a person or a circle of people that they can know they can go to, to lift them up in those moments. Yeah. Anyone want to share? Sure. And So I have something similar to Melanie where I have a really strong meditative practice, but also in the time when I left my job, I went through intensive outpatient therapy. And so I essentially went to the equivalent of five years of one-on-one weekly talk therapy in five months. Wow. Like the number of hours, the hundreds of hours that I put into this. Um, helped me reframe to deal with everything that had been packed down, right? Like, and put away and compartmentalized to let all of that go. And you have to create this room inside of yourself for what will happen next, right? You can't just keep like layers of sediment, right? You have to excavate all of that. And that healing journey is never done, right? There's always going to be some trauma or trigger or residue, residual from what you've gone through in life that is going to appear at some other point in time, even though you thought you were done, you weren't done. You just need to now address this again and let it go. But I did a pretty decent like housekeeping and cleaning of my friends in 2019. Mm. I just, I annexed like jettisoned maybe like 150 people that I'd known for a really long time, but they were toxic. 
They were constantly in drama. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I don't need to even be around this. And by letting those people and those relationships that were no longer serving me go, it left so much room for people who I was aligned with, who I was vibrationally aligned with, who I was mentally, spiritually, emotionally aligned with to be able to come in, right? So it's the way that my light was able to shine out. It wasn't so much people who were taking, 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 who see that light that you have in you and they want it without having to do the work. You get more people who want to pour into you because they see that light and it's reciprocal, right? Mm -hmm. It's no longer transactional relationships, transactional friendships. It's these deeper relational energetic exchanges that you begin to have with people. And that has to start with you also, right? Like Mm -hmm. changing your mind to realize, hey, I'm going through life in this very transactional way. I don't want that for me anymore. So what do I have to do to consistently change that? And so for me, like I've got a daily meditative practice, I've got a daily yoga practice, and I have a daily journaling practice. And for me, that is really where, where I call myself in, right? And I do that work because... I guess I'm a little different in that I have that close group of friends that can help me do it and, and raise my vibrations and spirits and help me get out of my own way. But at the end of the day, I can't change for anybody else other than myself. And I'm actually the only person who can do that work. So yep. I make sure that I carve it out as a practice, a mm-hmm. daily practice, no matter if I'm sick, no matter if I'm tired, no matter what I make time to come in and connect with myself and do that deep work and that digging um, and excavating, right? Like if I don't like how I am or how I'm behaving or where I'm at or what I'm doing, that's on me. And mm-hmm. so I have to go in and figure out why, and then I can make that change. That yeah, reminds me of the quote, uh, you know, the Abraham Lincoln's quote about the chopping wood, right? Like if mm-hmm. you have six hours, you know, uh, you would spend four hours prepping it and you have this uh, intense focus, the two hours of chopping wood. And I think that's what Allison's doing, I think. Yeah, I love that. Such a great metaphor. And ultimately, I think it reminds me in terms of mindset stuff, what it comes down to is intentionality and accountability, right? Being intentional about the practices, the people and our thoughts, and then holding ourselves accountable to making that happen for ourselves. Um, Not letting it slip because it's when it slips and we let those practices go that we find that we, I know I really start to lose my center and I need those practices to ground me. So, yeah, um, I've been there many, many times like that. And, uh, you know, what I do is something similar as well that I do, you know, uh, some level of meditation. But what I really focus on, you know, when I'm really feeling a little funky or, you know, just uh, off my element, um, I try to really talk to my future self. So when I'm meditating or walking, whatever, you know, the easy thing for me to do is to sort of uh, get more clear on who I'm becoming. You know, a lot of people talk about that. And I think I'm sure um, ladies here can talk more about this. But, you know, what would I do, you know, if I were already, you know, there and, you know, being the person that I wanted to become. And two things always come up to me because it's easy to say, you know, talk to your future self, you know, trust in yourself. Like, okay, 
you know, we all talk about it, but the question is how, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, Melanie shared like really practical things as well as Allison did. And and my thing is, it's a, it's a personal, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at my tendency, like where do I go if I'm on autopilot? Mm-hmm. And two things always come up for me. So the first thing is that, um, I would have like running thoughts, you know, um, all over in my brain and I don't seem to be able to shut off. You know, sometimes it's good because it's, uh, you know, all about like exciting energy with tons of ideas. But at times it's not really great because I'm worrying about something that just the thoughts are running through in my mind. So I came up with this thing. Um, I'm just calling it release and redirect. So it's basically pattern disrupting. Mm-hmm. I have a few tricks to sort of just shut it off completely. You know, like for example, I shared this over Twitter yesterday. It sounds really funny, but I'm right-handed. So I try to do things with my left hand and Mm. all my focus because I'm not used to it. So all my focus goes into my left hand and whatever I was thinking before sort of like, like disappears. Right. So that's one trick that I, you know, release and redirect. Another thing that I would always go to is the simplicity, just like Allison was talking about, like, you know, they're going on this massive purge with toxic, you know, dealing with toxic people. It could be the, you know, like a physical decluttering or other things like really focusing on, you know, what, how can I do it with less kind Mm -hmm. of thinking? And uh, well, actually there's a third thing real quick is my, underdog mentality, which I used to love so, so, so much, you know, like I always felt like I'm coming to a new place, you know, I came to the US and, uh, you know, I have a lot of work to do, you know, to get to the point where I wanted to get to, you know, I didn't start from here. So I was like really grinding and hustling and all those things. But there comes a time where that can work against you. So I'm always trying to sort of check myself to see, like, am I just in this zone of like underdog mentality? Or should I just lean into more of an ease? Like, is there any way that I can do it easier faster without working longer or doing more. So those are the things that I kind of keep in mind, but always try to sort of envision myself, uh, you know, um, really achieving what I've been trying to achieve. And that's, that's my mindset practice. Yeah, I love that. Coming back to making decisions and thinking as your future self is, for me, I think one of the most empowering practices that I use almost daily. It's even little things like washing my face at night. Like I don't, I'm lazy, but I'm like, well, she would probably wash her face because she takes care of herself. You know what I mean? I'm just as important as my business. And so it's like little things like that, that I feel like you can empower yourself in when you think that way. So that's beautiful. Thank you, Michael. Um, Lori, tell us about something that you give us like a practice that you like to use daily or weekly. Tell us something that really supports you. So I'm going to go back to what you said about something that, you know, was always there, but I learned, I guess, how to hone it. And I think for lack of a better term, I'm going to say emotional communication. Hmm. I was the crier. I was the one that was laughing too much. And it really, it it created a lot of negativity around me. As an adult, I learned about what an empath is. Hmm. And um, I learned that as I define myself as a late processor, I might be more of just a deep processor. I'm going to listen first. I'm not going to respond in extreme emotion. 
uh, and then I'm going to come back with something that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myco has a um, a tool about finding your niche, and when you learn, when I learned that I'm not for everyone. I learned that that extreme emotion just isn't for anyone. Um, how it's benefited me is I've become a better communicator um, as a human. I can listen to my friends. I can listen to my kids when they're in crisis, um, even if I'm, you know, overly emotional. Uh, my my aging parents, um, adults with disabilities, kids with disabilities. But having those feelings made me a great editor for someone's memoir. Right, mm-hmm. you're writing your life story that's so emotional and so has so much of yourself in it. So reading it as an outsider. I was able to see different things and also let it really ruminate. Um, it then becomes a problem because I feel like I'm living in your life when I'm editing your memoir. But it really, what was really negative for me turned into a really valuable tool in my careers as a person um, and, and a positive, a real positive. You know, when I read the different things about empath um, or the, the way an empath functions, I think that um, I would have loved that information when I was four uh, but, you know, I have it now and, and we move forward. And just like all of you have a practice, whether it's, you know, your future self, especially when you're in a mess mm-hmm. um, or, or the meditation or man, Melanie, I'm about an hour from the ocean, but I like I keep things around me because that that centers me, that sound or that smell or that feeling of like the water when a huge wave crashes is is very centering for me. But I think from all that. I took one of these mindset tools and it goes back to this and it's who told you that Mm. who told you that who told you you were a crier who told you you laughed too much who told you to stop laughing and when you go that deep um, it's not easy uh, and it could create some animosity with people in your life or places in your life but that tool who told you that was so powerful for me so um I don't know if emotional communication, I'm going to drop that in, in Melanie's box there because she probably has a better term for it as <laughs> an ex, expert with mindset, but that's, that's it. I, I did it at five and I'm doing it decades later. So, yeah, so key. I just, I love the reframing that you're talking about doing and really like accepting who you are, you know, like this is, this is who I am and I can use that to my benefit. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think the, who told you that is a big one for me that I don't even think I thought of it that way, but I've, I've used that sort of like thinking that curiosity for sure to make a lot of shifts. Um, I do the same. I, instead of saying that, like I usually say like it says who, right. Says mm, who. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I love that tool. I'm so glad that you shared it. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's talk about, I want to hear like some specific shifts. So why don't we, Allison, give us like one specific mindset shift you've you've made in your business that you know has had an impact in your success or what you do. Yeah. Okay. So this is a really big one. It's recent. I'm in it. I'm in the midst of it. Um, I left the US in November of 2021. So I've been gone for just about six months. I spent the middle of December through the middle of January decompressing from the United States. Mm-hmm. I no longer had to participate in what I call the Thunderdome of American capitalism <laughs> as a business owner in the same way. 
I left Los Angeles. I didn't have to pay for all these LA based prices, these hyperinflated prices. Um, when I first left, I went to Merida, Mexico. I was there for two and a half months. And then I realized I don't need as much. And did I ever need that? Or was that just a part of what I had been told and sold? Was that a part of the marketing of entrepreneurship, of capitalism, of the United States that I had just embodied and thought that I needed to have and keep up with and participate in? And so it's like right after the holidays were over, it was maybe like January 5th or something like that, like that first Monday of the year. And I just saw on Twitter, like people were back in it. They were like, I've got this service and this thing and this brand and get this and da 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 sales, just pumping it back out. And I didn't want to participate in it. I didn't want any of it. And I realized I don't have to. Who said I have to? Nobody said that I have to. And now that I am gone and I can heal for me as like, as a black woman in America, I can heal from this toxic relationship. And in order to do that, I had to leave. And so it's allowed me the time and space and grace to figure out who I am, how I want to participate in this life, how I want to participate and show up in my business in an even deeper way that is far more aligned with me now than before. And I'm very keen on alignment, right? Like, how are you showing up in your business? Because it is your business, right? So taking all of that leaving the country, recognizing, doing, I can do so much more with so much less, uh, also allowed me to start this like zero depth entry into the year. I wasn't going to press myself. I wasn't going to push myself. And so by taking it easy and starting to like use my energy, save and conserve my energy until I was really ready and excited to do the work and excited to show up. It's now just like, setting up the dominoes and knocking them down. It is amazing. So like the opportunities that have come my way, more clients have come my way, bigger clients have come my way. Things that I'm more aligned with have come my way because I slowed down. I realized I don't have to participate in the same way that I was seeing before. And I've decided that I want everything continuously to be less transactional. I said, I just want to people with people again. Mm-hmm. And having that space and that energy to do so and shifting that mindset into it's not about this sale, it's not about this Q2 goal, it's not even about this OKR or KPI, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about these metrics, it's about the way I want to feel and the way I want to make people feel and how we can feel together and what is it that we're putting out into the world. So that shift has been profound. And I like. I want this, this feeling for everybody, right? This, this levity, this ability to participate in the way that you want to participate in a way that serves and satisfies you. Yeah. And it's a perfect example of why mindset is so important, why strategy is not going to get you all the way there, right? Because you could have all the strategy in the world of this is when you sell and this is when people are buying. But if you're not fulfilled, if you're just pushing and shoving and you're fully in masculine and you're not allowing yourself to be, if we were to put it that way in the feminine, you know, it's it's never going to, it might work on paper, but you're never going to be happy. And so then what's the point? You know, when are you ever actually successful? 
Exactly. And this allows me to do what I would say at this point is like my best work ever. And I've been working since I was 15, right? So I'm showing up in the way that is best for me, that then is best for my clients, that is best for my peers and my colleagues and the people that support me. And I'm able to fill my own cup, right? Like my cup is overflowing. I'm in this state of perpetual abundance. It's beautiful. So, yeah. I love that. I love that so much. I can feel the energy and it feels really nice to be in it. So thank you for bringing that today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Melanie, tell us, give us an example of a a mindset shift and that you feel like really specifically impacted your business. Mm. There's been plenty, so many. So I was trying to pick the the one that that (laughs) would be most uh, profound right now. Um, You know, I spent the first decade of my business uh, doing what I should do Mm. and doing what would work. And I went through a very profound uh, healing process between 2009 and 2010 uh, because our world was recalibrating. We were going through the credit crisis that very much impacted my business. And I realized coming out of that time that I had been making decisions from a logical place rather than the energetic place of where I wanted to be. And I had built myself a very successful seven-figure business that I didn't want. Mm. So the learning from that as I went through all of the transformation from that place was what does somebody do differently or be differently that allows them to stay more aligned with the growth of their business. Because when you're growing these businesses, it's very easy for them to take on a life of their own. They become a machine. They become a, a um, organism that you have to continually shape or it takes on its own shape. And so what I realized was there's a, there's a practice that emerged from that, which is, does the idea of this decision, this step, this next uh, evolution of me feel expansive or contractive? Mm. And to use that with my logic of, okay, let's look at all the facts and data here. Like, is this going to get me in alignment with what I want? But then to not stop with the logic, to add the energetic piece of, does this feel expansive or contractive? Because what starts to emerge from that is, okay, it's expansive. And is it expanding me into who I want to become, right? Because there's parts of us that like Nico or Mako was talking about earlier. I don't know why I said Nico. (laughs) (laughs) It's like merging people's uh, names in my head Um, was talking about earlier that, that, you know, this niche and like, there's a, there's a very profound piece of simplifying to multiply, simplify Mm. your effort to multiply your results. You do not have to do more and continually add more and continually expand it and be this constant, like grow, grow, grow fast, 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 more and more and more to be an impactful and powerful woman or being in this game. Mm-hmm. So what I started to do was really look at the simplest, like, is this feeling expansive or contractive? And if it's contractive, why, mm. why is it contracting me? And what would have to happen if it's something I'm excited or interested in that, who would I have to be, or what would I have to do differently to make it an expansive opportunity for me? So I like to break barriers and shatter limits and redefine what's possible in my work with my clients and myself. Because I think we let a lot of external realities dictate what we believe we can achieve and become. Mm -hmm. And so I use this as a tool now, amongst other ones, 
to like shatter the things that I feel limited by or my clients feel limited by. So that's, that's one of the practices that I think is really serving me and the people that I work with from a place of becoming what we need to become to have, to have, or be, or grow the impact of the work that we want to do in the world. Yeah. And something so important that you mentioned there is the idea of going from your head to your body. I feel like so often in business, we operate from our head and we're talking about mindset, right? So you think like mind, your brain, but there's so much power in our bodies and our bodies can tell us like when you say contractive or expansive, like I feel that in my body. And I know like everyone listening, think about a moment where something really big happened for you and you felt your chest open and your shoulders go back and you... You took in this deep breath and it just felt so incredible. That's that expansion that she's talking about. And then we can feel the contraction too when we're frustrated and we feel like our shoulders are rolled in and we're hunched over, breathing shallow and listening to your body, not just your head. Yes, logic is important in in many ways, but our bodies have so much to tell us too. And I love that you share the importance of listening to that. Yeah. One way I use this a lot is because I get approached by a lot of people to collaborate, to promote them, to Mm. co-create some kind of new opportunity together. And I'm super flattered always. And not everybody is expansive to partner up with, right? And so I've learned to kind of um, let that be a guide in which directions I go and to trust that when things don't feel right, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to have a logical reason. I can just trust that it's not a yes at this moment and to let it go. And yeah. it saved me a lot of heartache and struggle and challenge and complication and stress. So that's yeah. one way it shows up for me right now. Yeah. I love that. Is this an opportunity for me or just an opportunity? That's a question that I come back to all of the time. Uh, Lori, can you give us a, give us a little example of a shift that's impacted your business? Yeah, I definitely can. Um, and it was, I guess, part, partly limiting belief. Um, but again, I'm, I'm going to give Maiko some credit for this. Mm-hmm. She has this tool. It's called the um, creation archetype impact. What's your impact? And um, I did it as soon as I saw it. And my archetype is you're not for everyone or I'm not for everyone. And right there, that healed years, mm. years of rejection years of still trying to figure out why didn't that work out? Why did that, you know, particular collaboration collapse? Why did that person walk away? Why did I get that real cold shoulder that turned into a, you know, I hate to use it, but a resigning disgrace moment. It healed everything. I I could actually define myself as the walking wounded before, Mm. you know, trying to make every situation better relationship or professional. But once I realized I wasn't for everybody, I think everybody I've come in contact has gotten a much better version of me. So props to you, Michael. I will talk about that, you know, for so long. I had no idea that that blows my mind. So this archetype is called acquired taste. And that's Mm -hmm. me, actually. So Lori (laughs) and I share and Allison took the quiz. So I guess we we, like maybe we all are. And I always joke about myself when I 
describe myself, you know, based on that archetype, you know, I am your stinky cheese, right? Um, <laughs> I, I am your truffle, you know, I am your weird tasting caviar and uh, it's not for everybody, but that doesn't mean we rank towards the bottom. It isn't. There's that special place, you know, there's people who cannot get enough uni, right? Mm -hmm. Who cannot get enough truffles mm -hmm. and it, that's the beauty of it and I just wow like I just Laurie I knew you took it and I I, I know it was useful for you but I, I had no idea and I actually wanted to insert um, a tiny bit thing that Laurie's tagline is something really spark and I was wondering not to derail too much but if Laurie can share a little bit about it because I really love what it is because because it's based on the idea of leveraging your superpower. And Melanie talks about that all the time. So, you know, there's that commonality there. And I would love your audience, Jessica, to know uh, what Lori's tagline is. What is oh, it? Thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled by this. <laughs> so my tagline is, I write the way you think. Mm. And everything I've shared here today supports that. Uh, but one of the most powerful things was um, uh, not exactly a colleague, but a friend back to Twitter that is not dead, mm. um, reached out one day and said, you know, what do you do? You know, what exactly do you do? And um, I'm still doing for that person right now, actually. But what hit me so hard was he had the courage to message me, right? And say, what do you do? Think of all the people that didn't do it. Think of all the people I've tweeted with, Instagram posts, shared, collaborated, commented on their blogs uh, that didn't do that and that I lost, potential lost business, right? So um, if you put together that, that uh, this particular person actually perpetuated that, that statement, I write the way you think. Um, and, and it also came from another colleague who had just did like... Um, I don't know, we did a little practice interviewing and going back and forth. And that's, you know, uh, communication, screen communication, not in person, which is interesting too, right? But just like Allison just displayed, you can feel that passion come right through the screen and wrap around you. Um, but again, learning who I am, learning who I'm for, learning how I communicate, learning that a, a late processor creates a great listener um, and learning that my limiting beliefs can be conquered just based on how I think about them. Um, has created, I, I love that you even picked up on that, Micah. So thank you. But that is, yeah, that is my, my tagline. And it works. It, it's worked even better in the editing realm, um, um, the writing realm too, but the editing realm too. And uh, so thank you for highlighting that. And um, I, I appreciate you letting me share about it too. So thanks. <laughs> I love that. Micah, tell us what shift you have made and, and how it's impacted your business. It was a gradual process, I would say. You know, I didn't wake up one morning and I go, boom, you know, I, I downloaded a message. Like, I, I always long for that. Like, I would love mm -hmm. to have that experience, but that's not what happened in my life. So, you know, I, I, I've got to be honest, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, gradually, um, you know, there was no parting clouds and, uh, you know, the angels uh, playing trumpets or anything like that. But um, I've learned to be, I actually really... Um, appreciate the concept of stoicism 
So mm-hmm. um, I'm a bit hardcore in that sense, and it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. So I'm not recommending anything at all. But um, stoicism and the extreme neutrality is something that I also go to. And it comes from my um, sort of a um, side thing, you know, other than what I do in my business, which is to trade in the market. Mm-hmm. And th- that's where it really challenged my neutrality. Mm. Numbers are just the numbers on the screen. It goes up, it goes down. You don't get emotionally formal into anything. You have your strategy, you stick with it. And really, um, it's an interesting thing. And I, I love sharing this story with a lot of female entrepreneurs specifically because they tend to shy away from the activity of investing or trading. Like you can invest, you don't have to trade, by the way. Um, but that practice really pushed me into the corner to be that neutral. You know, it's your money you're talking about right now, right? And the, the, the bars go up and bars go down. And there's this uh, extreme macroeconomic things that you have no control over. Or some weird news shows up and Elon Musk decided to tweet something and it, it tanks. That's exactly what happened last year. Hmm. Um, how can I stay neutral mm. and be somewhat stoic about it? And I challenge myself to do it. I don't impose that on my clients or anything, but I do share my stories with them so that they get to kind of learn where I am coming from. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm tough on certain things and they understand where that is coming from. And that comes from that neutrality. So that, you know, when I work with my clients, I'm completely neutral. There's no, there's no side taking nothing. I'm just receiving it as is. And how can I help them see a bigger container for themselves? You know, they may be comfortable with this container right here, but the way from where I am, I get to see way bigger container for many, many, many people. And my job is to sort of offer that perspective. I don't really like say you should do this. So these are the things that you can pick. I'm just presenting Mm -hmm. options and that's my role. So uh, that works out well for me. I love that idea. I love that idea of finding. I feel like that reminds me of the idea of like, finding, finding calm in the chaos, you know, and coming back to your own sense of center and calm. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like we could easily go on for another, how long has it been? 50 minutes, but we won't, we'll respect everyone's time. And I want to do a little last bit. I want everyone to take about 30 seconds to give your number one mindset tip. If, if, if the listener walks away with nothing but this, this is what you want them to know. And then once you give us that, just tell us where listeners can connect with you outside of the podcast. So Lori, let's start with you if you're ready. Putting you in the hot seat. Oh, you're on mute. Mm, You're uh, sorry, Lori, you're still muted. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, so the, who told you that I think is the most powerful thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't, I, I want to add another quote. Um, and this kind of fits to everything I said. The credit is given to Ernest Hemingway, but I'm not hundred percent sure. And it is 
that we're all broken, but that's mm. how the light gets in. Mm. I love that. So that that's beautiful. my share. That's beautiful. And where can listeners connect with you? Uh, mostly on Twitter, Lori Sega, uh, Instagram as well. My website is letmetellyourstory.com. That's my LLC, my writing LLC. And I would love to chat with all of you. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Melanie, give us your, your one last 30 second golden nugget. I'm trying to find the, the best one. Okay. So uh, this is, was a profound shift for me learning this. And that is to, if you want something that feels out of reach, don't look at it from where you are now mm. and try to figure out how to get there. Put yourself in the mind of the person who already is living this and being this and having it and look back and say, what did I do differently? Or how was I being differently? So this was an easy thing to live into, to have. And what that does is it changes the perspective so that you can say, all right, well, I had to make new choices or I had to uh, invest in something now and take some action to recoup that investment. So it just shifts your perspective in a very powerful way. Awesome. Perspective shifting is so key because we keep ourselves so stuck in so many places because we don't step out and sort of look at things differently. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And where can listeners connect with you? Uh, well, Mel Coach on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever resources you're looking for, if you head over to Melanie Benson, B-E-N-S-O-N.com, we usually are featuring uh, tools for expert-based entrepreneurs who really want to take things to the next level. And you can find something perfect for you there. Awesome. And Allison, you're up next. All right. Let's see. So more so something that I'm going to give to your listeners. Yeah. I give you the permission to give yourselves the permission. Mm. Consider this your permission slip, mm -hmm. right? Mm. Oftentimes we are waiting for somebody else to tell us, to give us that permission that only we can give ourselves. So if you're not going to do it today, I'm going to do it for you. I give you the permission to give yourself the permission to do that thing, to be that person, to try that thing out, to go for that, whatever it is that you want. You've got a permission slip now. Go do it. I love that. I love that so much. And where can listeners yeah. connect with you to get more of this greatness? Absolutely. I'm on Twitter yelling into the void on the bird app. My at is you so fancy, Y-O-U-S-O-F-A-N-C-Y. And then for business and things of that nature, uh, you can reach me at auger.design. So it's A-U-G-U-R dot design d-e-s-i-g-n and i look forward to seeing you all and keeping up with my travels around the world and keeping up with what you all have going on yes 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 and michael finish us out what's your 30 second tip yeah so another one coming at you so <laughs> <laughs> when you uh you know when you face something that you tend to be triggered or or react to you know i go through that every day still now and that's never going to end you know for the rest of my life and the way um i've been um i've been really liking this tool i just regardless of what's going on i say this aloud this is not a problem 
Mm. So I, um, you know, I received the bad news earlier this week, and that was completely unexpected. And I was working towards that, and I thought that I was doing everything that I could possibly do to support and, you know, set myself up for success. But it was a major setback that I have no idea what they're doing, how they arrived to their conclusion, whatever that might be, without getting into the details. That's just an example. I got almost triggered by that. Obviously, you know, I wasn't expecting it, but I knew better to say it aloud. This is not a problem. Even if I don't even believe in it, one ounce bit of it, I'm still going to say it. This is not a problem. But once I say that, somehow my brain gets to work Mm. and see, you know, so if this is not a problem, what am I going to be doing? It does help me. I know it's very simple, but, um, well, let me know, you guys, you know, if you try it and see how, how that really goes. Because I've learned all the problems or worries or concerns that we have right now are too small for our future selves. Mm-hmm. Too, too, too small to worry about it. There. Beautiful. I love that. Everything is so good. I'm just like thinking about how listeners are going to get like something so incredible from all of you. Um, And where can uh, listeners connect with you, Michael? Oh, I almost forgot. (laughs) So it's myname.com. So it's michaelsakai.com. And if you wanted to forward the slash and add a quiz to it, there's a free (laughs) quiz that Lori mentioned. Uh, It's called, What is your impact creation archetype? as a creative entrepreneur. And there are four different archetypes and uh, you'll get the full assessment on what you can do next. So cool. I'm going to take that. I haven't taken it yet. I'm really excited. I'll tweet you and let you know uh, how it goes. Well, thank you again so, so, so much. This has been a really cool experience. I've learned so much and um, I'll catch all you ladies on Twitter. And we'll catch all you listeners on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.